2: Good evening CFL fans from coast to coast, around the pro, around the continent, and right around the world, wherever you might be joining us tonight. Good evening and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast 381, episode 381. Uh, Charles Cliff starting off the podcast here tonight. Uh, CJ, Christopher Jones, said he was going to be late, but um, he is actually just got here and he's just trying to get in. Uh, so I believe he'll be coming in and joining us uh, quickly. I'm just seeing here it says it's not giving him a co- a host. Um, hmm. I'm not sure what that means. I guess he can't connect. He's just trying to connect to our server here at Blog Talk. I'm sure he'll be with us for a few minutes. And then we're going to be talking football, CFL football, for the next two hours. Got some very interesting matchups this weekend. Uh, first place battle, um, uh, at IGF, uh, tomorrow night, uh, first last place battle in the West. And then at least they're moving the double, they're getting better with the double headers. Uh, the double headers are this week on Friday, last two weekends have been on Thursday and I'm sorry, having one game on Thursday kind of sucks. I don't like Thursday games, having two games on Thursday, is just nonsensical. I don't know why the CFL and their infinite wisdom is putting um, double headers on Thursday. Fine, have one in the summer if you really need to but like you want to do this whole, um, this country music thing. But let's not uh, let's not go into it and have Thursday night double headers. The Thursday night double headers are really kind of lame, actually. Uh, People got to work on Fridays, uh, especially if you're in the East. Are you really staying up to see the West Coast game? I'm not sure that you are. Um, I don't know if you really want to see the West Coast game or not. But um, I don't know. Thursdays, like I said, I don't like Thursday games to begin with because I don't like them when you got to work the next day. But a Thursday doubleheader is just nonsensical. It doesn't make any sense. And I've seen a bunch of other people say it, too. They don't like them either. So at least they're moving uh, one day ahead to Friday and the Friday doubleheaders. So um, that's good. Uh, CJ's trying to get on online here. Uh, let me just send a quick message. All right. So, um. T- while I'm doing that, let's well, let's bring in our, our other panelists here because uh, we've got uh, a couple people here on the line. And CJ will join us here. But uh, we've got two people on the line from Alberta. So it's time to open up their mics and start talking to, the, to uh, them. So I'm going to say good evening to Will McDonald. Hi, Will. How you doing? I'm
1: good, Charles. How are you?
2: I'm doing well. How's things another, in Calgary?
1: It's, it's another wonderfully Stupid weather day in Calgary. It was cold all day, and now it's hot all night. So I don't know what to say about that. So huh. it, it sure it sure doesn't beat the consistent weather I had in Las Vegas, which was just hot,
2: sunny and every hot day, all day. Yep. Yes. No, no rain, my sister, no nothing. I was messaging back and forth with my sister today. She just went to Arizona today. Her and her family. Uh-huh. So I. I told her not to melt, because the weather there in Arizona is a lot like it is in Nevada. Hot. Yes, it is. It's hot. But One of the advantages that I've found in places like Arizona and places like Nevada down in Las Vegas is at least the heat down there is at least somewhat of a dry heat. So yes, it is.
0: It's not humid it's at, at all.
2: It's not humid, so at least it's um somewhat tolerable.
1: Yeah, it is very tolerable. It's yes. my favorite kind of heat. Yeah. So but yep. it still is hot. And yep, I haven't it I haven't I haven't really experienced uh, lots of humidity since I lived in Winterpeg. Yeah. And it used to be so humid there it was scary.
2: Oh I've heard of that. My so, dad used to work in work in Winnipeg. He told me stories of uh of some of the um of some of the uh, humidity there and um Mosquitoes and everything. So, yeah, I know what you're talking yep. about. And bomber fans, you know, and stuff well, like yeah, that. Bombers, so. Well, that's the worst one, I think, is the bomber fans. But, I, I uh, think so. But yeah. Mark still knows. You're, yeah. you're not allowed to kill those like you can kill mosquitoes. Yeah. So. Speaking of bomber but, fans, Mark, yeah. of course, is not with us tonight. He's still in Newfoundland on his holiday. Um, yes. He is. So, yeah, I hope he's enjoying that. But we do have Phil with us as well tonight. Good evening, Phil. Good evening, fellas. Good, and how are things going in your neck of the woods?
3: Well, I concur with William. Uh, There's a saying about Calgary: if you don't like the weather, wait 45 minutes.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yep. I remember a few years ago I was on vacation in Calgary, in it was in late July, and I think in in one day we had all four seasons. We had rain, we had wind, we had sun, <laughs> sunshine and heat, we had hail, all in one season. And I remember also at night, a couple of times we would have these wicked thunder and lightning storms, and the thunder sounded like bombs exploding outside your window, because they were that some of them were that violent, and you just looked, and it looked like someone just repeatedly taking pictures uh, on a camera, because, um... The lightning, there were so many lightning flashes, it was just one after another.
1: Yeah, I concur. That's what it's like. That's what it's like. In Calgary, you always carry five or or six jackets with you in your car just in case the weather changes, which you know it will.
2: It seems to always do that. Yep. Indeed. Yep, indeed. All right. That's it. Well, that I'm pretty. Sorry, go on, go on uh, Phil. Sorry.
3: I'm pretty excited about week nine and the CFL, guys. Uh, you know, week eight was our our best week in a while after a couple of flat ones, and we got some nice match coming up this weekend.
2: We certainly do. Uh, your team's not in action this weekend. They got the week off of the bye week, but uh, they kind of went into that bye week on a high with, what, three straight wins. So that's uh, a nice way to go into a bye week. So we'll see if they're able to rest in how they come back after the bye week. So. Uh, That's but Saskatchewan. Yeah, good very good
1: match Saskatchewan's week. not on a bye week.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Did I make a mistake on that? Is Saskatchewan playing this yeah. week? They are. Yeah. Oh, in you're right. They got Montreal. That's right. My mistake. Who's got the bye this week then? Uh, Calgary, Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. Mon- oh, I don't know. It's, um, no. It's No.
0: Who the hell is I on the bye?
2: Toronto. Know? Toronto. Toronto's on Toronto. the bye. Okay, yeah, okay. There you go. They're, they're Well, they're on a bye. They they got their first win of the season, so that's a good way to go on the bye. So my mistake, Saskatchewan mm-hmm. is in a- action this week. They'll be our number two game. Uh, CJ is still trying to get things sorted out, so he should be <laughs> joining us here shortly. But while we're waiting for that... I'm guessing we should just go right into our um, game preview. So why don't Games. we do that? So good. And our first one is a big one, maybe the best game of the week. Not sure why they put this on a Friday, on a Thursday night game, but they did. And it's tomorrow night at IGF Field in Winnipeg as the Calgary Stampeders at 5-2 go into Winnipeg. At five and two, so this is a battle for first place, an early season battle. Well, it's not early that that early in the season. It's week uh, week nine now, so uh, we're getting up there. We're almost halfway through, so this is a this should be a barn burner. At least I would hope so. Uh, so Calgary, Winnipeg. Will, uh, I'll let you do the honor, seeing as you're a St. Peter fan. Well, this game is hard for me to pick now
1: because. I thought there was a possibility that Bo Levi-Mitchell would be playing, but he's not. Um, They confirmed that today. So uh, it's going to be Nick Arbuckle, which, hey, he's gone 4-1 since uh, Bo's been hurt. So I guess you're not losing anything in the win column. But uh, I I would say in this game, now that we have – Arbuckle and Nichols, I would say the quarterback situation is even. Okay? Um, I think uh, Calgary has a better defensive backfield. Winnipeg has a better running game. I think the receivers are even. I don't know how to call this game. I don't know, but you know, I'm never going to pick against Calgary anyways, regardless of what I think. Um, the key to this game, like I've said, been saying for two years is you gotta stop Andrew Harris and make Matt Nichols throw the football, and then you have a much better chance of winning so and Winnipeg does have quite a few decent kick returners that are fast, so you have to be sharp on special teams as well, but i still I still think uh Winnipeg is reeling right now, and I don't think they're gonna win, so I am gonna take. Calgary, ooh, boy, I'm going to k- take Calgary, oh, 29, and Winnipeg, 27.
2: Calgary, 29, and Winnipeg, 27. You know, I realize CJ's not here yet, so i got to take these yes, down he is. so we know. Oh, okay, there we go, he's here now, so... I don't have to worry about taking them down.
4: Now I'm writing 27? them down. Okay. Uh. Can't find my glasses. No, they. Oh, they're on my head. How you guys, doing? Good. Sorry about being late. Well, yeah.
0: uh, they,
4: they they dragged me out to the lake for an afternoon out and having fun and frolicking around, and I tried to get back for the beginning of the show. I actually did, and if Blog Talk wasn't such a bitch, I would everything would have been fine, but. That's kind of what happens with blog talk, and we just accept it as what it is, correct?
0: Well, I'd hate to convert
4: over to something else. We'd lose all our back episodes. True. So I don't know how to do this. Uh, anyhow, uh, thanks for that summation Summation there, Will. Uh, Charles, you're supposed to go first, by the way. You're, oh, you're, okay. first, you're first on my list.
2: All right. Well, I'm yeah, the, 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 the host at the moment, so. That's the host with the, yep. the host both. with the most yeah sure why not that's what I tell people anyways that
4: sounds All that right, sounds a no. little scary doesn't it
2: a little bit yep
4: okay so before uh, you both. start here, Charles just before you start yep. I want to know I want to tell you that Mark Wetnall the Winnipeg blue bombers fan uh, that's Pick in you know, Newfoundland and he's avoiding us he picked calgary twenty seven seventeen I, I can't believe he did that. Me either. Maybe that's why he's winning in the poll is because he's not willing to pick with his head, not his heart. I keep picking the BC Lions to win, and they aren't. And that's why I'm really low. But then what's Charles' excuse? He picks them too.
2: Okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm up there with him, so.
4: Yeah, so you know. go ahead, Charles. It's your turn.
2: All right, so the Bombers and the uh, Stampeders, five and two against five and two. So this is an interesting one. Um, Believe I mentioned was not going to play today or tomorrow, I should say. Um, but I think that's not necessarily a bad thing for the Stampeders because they seem to be in a pretty good rhythm right now. Now I'm not going to go too far into it because it's actually one of our topics for later. But I'm not necessarily sure that this uh, hurts uh, the Stampeders as much as uh, some people think it might. Um, I do think it's going to be a tougher game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be an enjoyable game to watch. So um, there's a bunch of different uh, ones going in this. And I think the key is, I think, which defense shows up better. I know that's probably a little bit cliche, but... I think if the defense is, uh, is going to win this game, because both these offenses are good, they're but they're not spectacular. Of course, you've got Matt Nichols uh, and um, Arbuckle, uh, both the quarterback, and I think you can see about both of them, they're good, but not spectacular. Uh, The other key in this game is the running game. If Andrew Harris can have a big game, I think that kind of puts them a little bit over the top there uh, because the um, Calgary running back um, slips my mind. What's the name of the Calgary running back, their top running back?
4: Will's no good with
2: names. What's that? This week. This week because they've had so many different
1: running backs. It's not funny. I, I think this week it's going to be Romar Morris and, and Terry Williams.
2: Okay. Well, regardless, I'm going to take Andrew Harris over either one of those guys. I think most people would. Um, and I just think that the Winnipeg defense is just a little bit better than the Calgary <laughs> defense, although the Calgary defense definitely has played well this year. Don't get me wrong, but I'm going to just give a little bit of an edge to the Winnipeg defense. I'm going to give a little bit of edge to the Winnipeg. run. It well, Maybe more than a little bit to the Cal- to the Winnipeg running back, and I personally think that's going to be the difference here. I do think the Bombers are going to pull this one out because I think they're just that much better of a team. So, um, and they're at home, and I like to give them, I think that they have an advantage being at home. So, I'm going to go off, and I am going to pick the Bombers to pull this one out in a close one, uh, 27 to 24.
4: 27-24 to 24 for the Bombers, eh? That's correct. Okay. And uh, Marks, we got him as Calgary 27-17. And Phil, you're up, buddy. What's going to happen in this game? Well, this is definitely the game of the week, guys. Uh, as Charles stated, uh,
3: are the Bombers overrated? Uh, I think so. But, uh, you know, I heard an interesting stat today. Matt Nichols hasn't thrown for over 300 yards in 26 straight games. Yep. Uh, the only other question I got about the Bombers before I'm able to pick my sports, I haven't been able to figure out what what is Darwin Adams' injury. Is is he back this week, or does anybody know?
4: I I haven't heard.
3: Don't Mark know, would know, but, so,
4: but he's not here. Yeah,
3: Mark Mark would know. He's probably listening, and he's probably saying it out loud right now.
4: Well, I doubt so, he's listening because he's four and a half hours ahead of us. What I think's happening, Todd might be listening, people. and if Todd's listening, then he should pipe up real quick on the thing. But, well, so Mark's it, it, kissing, a, kissing a cod with his headphones on. So
0: Yeah.
3: It was, as real stated, Nick Arbuckle's slated to start – even though Bo Levi, uh, he took uh, a majority of uh, reps, but practice this week, is from what I understand, from what I've healthy heard, healthy
0: scratch.
3: Healthy scratch. Yeah. No. They're ch- maybe they're still shopping them, and now that Saskatchewan stopped answering the phone, well,
4: sure. well, just think about it for a second. Okay, what's what is Nick Arbuckle's record?
0: Four, 4. one. 1.
4: Four and one. How many games is that? And what is, is
1: Bo Levi's Mitchell record? Zero and two. Uh, uh,
4: uh, it's not well, okay. even what I'm talking about, Will. So. Okay, Zip. fine. What, Arbuckle's record is four and one, right? How many games is that? Five, Five right? Five games. And he's on yeah. what? The six-game injury list. So if he's out six that games, is correct. they save $250,000 <clears> in cap space.
0: That is correct. Why
4: would you play him?
1: You're winning. Point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. I agree.
4: It, it, it's totally bad business to play him this week. Will he be back next week? Probably. I mean, they're going to save so much money per game that he is out in cap space, but
0: they, they lose
4: everything. They lose everything if they play him this week. If they dress him this week, they lose everything. So they're not going to dress him. Back. That would be stupid. It is.
1: Absolutely. And, of course, NFL cuts are coming up at the end of the month, and they have some money to spend if they want to.
4: Yeah, yep.
3: exactly. Great. Right? Yep. It puts them back in the running with everybody else after spending that that, that on that big contract of Oleon Mi- Mitchell's. So, you know, it, it takes what could have been a big mistake by Hoffnagel, and it turns it into an opportunity now.
4: But the the key question is how do you take out a 4 and 1 and possibly 5 and 1 starter and replace him?
3: What if he throws for 400 yards this weekend?
4: The, yeah. If Calgary's record is 6 and 2 and number 1 in the league, you're going to make a quarterbacking swap. I know you don't lose your job for injury, but come on. How can you possibly do I I'm sure we're talking about that later on, so let's not. Phil, go ahead. Yeah. Pick your scores. All right. My
3: score is uh, Winnipeg, 26. Calgary, 24. And, uh, like, I understand Mark picked Calgary to win. Cool we'll figure. I'm picking the Bombers, and he's not. So uh, this is probably the only time this will ever happen.
4: Okay. Sorry, what was
1: Charles' score? What was Charles' score?
4: Tw- 27 24 for the Bombers. Phil just picked 26 24 for the Bombers.
2: So oh, they're so only up by you a so close Charles. Yep. Okay.
4: Well, it's one it, it's really simple. If it's uh, on the low side, Phil wins. If it's on the high side, Charles wins. Yep. But they are very close.
3: I only got a 2 point there. I got I got to pay more attention
4: to that stuff. Well, Six and one half does the other. You're, you, got, you guys both picked uh, Calgary for the same score, and Charles uh, o- overestimated Winnipeg by one point more than you did. <laughs> okay, so here, here's the deal. I, uh, this, this is my pick now. Um, I think the Bombers are an extremely overrated team this year. The teams that they have beaten, they've really had no adversity. They haven't played a strong team so their record is inflated because of that now granted there's not a lot of strong teams in the cfl this year so you know it, it it's hard to say okay well you haven't played a strong team well how many are there one two um and and so we're i'm not going to call it parity in the league i'm just saying this is a weak season and, and bombers really haven't been challenged this this year, and when they did get challenged by the the only team above 500, which was Hamilton, they lost. So it's kind of a tough call to pick the Bombers. Um, Yeah, they're playing good football. They're a strong team. Andrew Harris. If Andrew Harris wasn't playing football for them, if he for some reason was out for whatever reason, Bombers would be fighting for last place right now because their entire offense is based on Andrew Harris. Okay, it's it. Matt Nichols isn't as Bill says he has thrown for 300 yards. He, he barely throws 17 passes in a game. Yeah, he doesn't throw interceptions, but you know what? He's not putting the ball out there the way he used to. When he first took over from Drew Willey, he was throwing the ball. He was gunslinging all over the place. Now he's conservative. He's afraid to make mistakes, and he is losing football games because of it. I don't think that's going to change. This is, he's in a slump, and it's not going to get better. So they're either going to do a QB swap or we're going to watch the Bombers tank the rest of the season. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of Bomber fans out there that are absolutely going to hate this. But, and Nick Arbuckle, hey, if the Bombers had Bo Levi Mitchell in there, they wouldn't be worried. But right now, there should be concern by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because Arbuckle is on fire. And Calgary has been challenged in the last little while, and Arbuckle has risen to the occasion. So I'm picking Calgary because, hey, I think they're the best team in the league. I said that at the beginning of the season. I said Calgary is going to be the dominant force this year, and I haven't changed my opinion even though they sucked in the beginning, but that was because Mitchell was playing. Now that they've got a real quarterback playing football, everything seems to be a lot better for Calgary. So I'm picking Calgary, and I'm going to pick them 32-24. I'm going high with, this bomber, uh, with the stamps there. Thirty-two, twenty-four. Okay. Next game up, Saskatchewan in Montreal. Now, I've seen Rod Peterson say that Saskatchewan is the hottest team in the CFL right now, and of I've seen they other are. people. Of course, they are. It's Rod Peterson. Um, although they're not up there in first place, are they? I don't see them in first place. Uh, who do you see in first place? Oh, look, Calgary and Winnipeg. Uh, Riders are only one game behind. Edmonton's only one game behind. So there's a huge juggernaut for top place in the CFL this year. Uh, Hamilton's up there at 5-2, and two, but, again, they're in the Eastern Division, so that really doesn't count. Uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a battle here. Saskatchewan and Montreal. Is Montreal for real? Are they really playing good football? Is there quarterback for real in uh, Vernon Adams, Jr.? I am not going to abbreviate that into a word. Phil, don't do it. Um, and Saskatchewan, 4-3 and three with Cody Fajardo. Now, we've all seen Cody Fajardo. We've, we've seen him play in BC. We've seen him play in Toronto. Uh, he was nothing. He was not shit hot anywhere. Uh, is he playing better here because of the way the riders are? The riders, a good team without a quarterback. Cause they were a good, very good team last year without a quarterback. And they finished what? 12 and six. Was it? I think they finished 12 and six, uh, and without a quarterback. So now they've got this young kid, Cody Fajardo, and he's, uh, he's making waves and he's kind of turned the season around a bit and, uh, off he goes. They trade Zach Caleros to Toronto. So, Charles, it's your turn to pick the Saskatchewan game. What's
2: up? What do you figure? Well, this one I could have seen myself going in and taking um, the Alouettes. We want to look at it, and Vernon Adams is not going to play this week. And William Standback is not going to play this week.
4: Vernon Adams is not playing?
2: I believe he's still no. out. I think Pipkin's going to play. That is correct. That is correct.
4: Oh, oh this is yeah. a hard one to pick. Yeah. Hard not to pick Saskatchewan here.
2: Well, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, um, like I said, if those guys were playing, then I'd really have a lot tougher time, but... Without those guys, I just don't see uh, Montreal having enough to get by Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is playing well right now. Um, they've won three in a row, and as sad as I hear to say, have to say it, two of those wins were against the Lions, which is not exactly that tough this year. And the other one was against Hamilton, who had a just backup experience quarterback. quarterback. So... While well, they've won three in a row, it's not exactly like they've been beating Titans. But hey, they got to win the games to play. So they won those three, and I'm anticipating that they are going to win this one as well. I think fajardo has got a chance to put up big numbers again on this one because he's been—that's what he's been doing this year. So I think Saskatchewan's going to take this one. I just—I don't—I'm not a big fan of Antonio Pipkin. I never have been. William back as a stud running back to lose a running back of that caliber is not a good thing so yeah I'm going to pick Saskatchewan to win this one again and I think they're going to win it fairly comfortably uh, I'm going to pick Saskatchewan to win this one 32-17 uh, to 17.
4: that's a dominant factor that's 15 point spread there William, oh, by, before we get into that, Mon, uh, Mark has picked Montreal twenty to seventeen. William, go else.
1: Well, you see, I was really excited about this game until I heard Vernon Adams Jr. is not playing because think about it, it would have been the Vadge versus the Fadge. okay? It would have been fantastic, but because the oh, well, Vadge Because the Vag didn't spread the ball around last week, he got pounded, okay? And when he gets pounded, when the Vag gets pounded too hard, he gets hurt. And he has to leave the game, okay? So, therefore, he's not going to play. So, the Vag is out. He needs a much, (laughs) he needs a big rest from the pounding he took. Anyways, I, uh, I, I don't have a choice here because I'm never going to pick Saskatchewan. Although I think Saskatchewan's going to win because they don't have Vernon Adams Jr. and they don't have William Stanback, I can't pick them. I just can't. So I'm going to I'm gonna pull a march here, and I'm going to go um, the Owls 21 and uh, Saskatchewan 19.
4: 21 to 19 for the owls yes sir okay that's pretty close to mark's score there mark was I 20 know. to 17 you're only three point spread there okay Phil what do you got
3: what's happening here oh my god I'm still just pulling myself together there Beer come out my nose then I spill my beard will that's hilarious
0: <laughs> <coughs>
3: okay <laughs> Well, uh, let's look back the Riders here right now. They're in pretty tough. The defense, the entire defense is on the limb. Zach Evans, Mika Johnson, the entire interior of the defensive line is not going to be there. And potentially, defensive end A.C. Leonard and Luchos Purifoy, who were both injured in practice this week, uh, won't be there as well. In fact, they put out a call to Jeremy Falk, Falk, who was an early cut in training camp uh maybe not early but he was cut in training camp he's he's going to make the trip in fact that's how much that defense is beat up uh i don't know shaq evans their leading receiver he now he's not likely to play either uh newly acquired kenny stafford gets the start probably um william stand back and and uh and <laughs> Vernon Adams Jr. are out for the Ls. Uh, that's going to be interesting as well. But uh, when you balance it out, I think Montreal has, has less injury problems than the riders do, uh, and especially because with, with stand back out, they've got Jeremiah John- Johnson, your ex-BC lion. He's going to step right in there, and, and he's going to be ready to perform. You know, and, and there's a, been a lot of talk about how hard it is for Western teams to go into Montreal when Montreal has a pretty good team and win. And, you know, and it, and you guys know what causes that in Montreal, if you've ever been on a trip to Montreal. Uh, I've been there twice in my life, and both times was, whew, yeah.
4: I try to avoid the place. My in-laws live there. <laughs>
3: I love that city. And, uh...
4: You
0: don't but know my mother-in-law. Road tra-
3: <laughs> uh, I'm going to try tell you the truth. Right, right now, fellas, the, the problem isn't the time zone with traveling to Montreal for Western teams. There's something else going on there. And uh, so that said, I'm not confident about the Riders winning. They're, they're going to have to put up a lot of points because Montreal's going to be able to run the ball on them. Montreal's got a pretty solid offensive line. And uh, I'm going to pick the riders because Cody Fischardo has got such a hot hand right now. And but I know they're going to have to put up points to win it. So I'm going to pick the riders at uh, 34 to 31.
4: Wow. Okay. Um... I'm going to pick the Owls to win here simply because I can't pick the Riders unless it's like an extreme, stupidly, seriously blowout, like if they were playing BC or something. And even then I took BC. So I can't pick the Riders. I got the Owls winning this game, and I've got them winning it 28-19. to I don't know where these numbers come from. We just make the shit up. Just like, let's be serious. Okay. Next game up is a, a tough one, not to pick, but a tough game for the Ottawa Red Blacks who are traveling west to Edmonton to play the Eskimos. Now Eskimos are the hot and cold team right now. Uh, they are winning. They are losing. They are doing all sorts of wonderful things. They are free and Oh, at home. They are undefeated at home. So, Ottawa Red Blacks are in tough. And, uh, Charles, you're up on this one. Uh, for the record, uh, Mark took Edmonton 35-20. to 20. Charles.
2: Yeah, he, I think he's on the right track with that one. This is uh, Trevor Harris's first game against his former team, the team he led to uh, the Grey Cup appearance last year, a team that uh, totally
4: disrespected it, him.
2: Yeah, a team that didn't want to pay him the money. That's why he left. So I'm sure he's going to want to go out there and show them that they made a mistake. And he's probably going to. Um, I don't think much of this Ottawa team right now, and I really don't. Uh, I know they got off to a decent start with a couple wins early, but uh, they've kind of fallen back into the routine. I know they got the win last week over the Montreal Alouettes. They eked out a win. They probably don't win that game if um, Vernon Adams finishes it, but it is what it is. Uh, So um, I think this is going to be a big win for the Edmonton Eskimos. I just think that they're, I think, a far superior team right now. I think these are two teams that are are heading in uh, different directions. Um, Ottawa, despite the win last week, they don't impress me that much. Uh, Even with Dominic Davis over um, Jonathan Jennings, he's an improvement, but only a slight improvement in my estimation. I really feel that uh, Edmonton is a far better team, and I think they're going to show it. Um, And I think they're going to want to come out. They're going to want to have a nice, uh, a good offensive um, attack. They're probably going to be kind of pissed off after losing to – their uh, inter-province rivals in Calgary a week ago, and I think they're going to come out and they'll take care of business against an Ottawa team that really is mediocre at best, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to take Edmonton to win this one in fairly significant fashion. Um, I'm going to go Edmonton 35 and Ottawa 16.
4: 35-16 for the Eskimos. William! see how much your hate for the eskimos is are you is you got a red black victory coming out of your sleeve here somewhere well
1: you know what i'm looking at a couple interesting things number one um ottawa got their entire defense back from last year except for one player okay yep they
4: got
0: most people don't know that
1: practice they got to practice against uh Andrew Harris every day, or not Andrew Harris, Trevor Harris every day. And I bet you they're a little annoyed that uh, he's playing for a different team. And I found, and I found, I heard an interesting stat today that I did not know. Do you guys realize that Trevor Harris has never beat the Calgary Stampeders?
4: Good thing they're not playing them.
1: Well, I re- I realize that, but Edmonton should have thought about that before they signed them, because those Edmonton-Calgary clashes are pretty important. Anyways, I think uh, I think Ottawa's defense is going to come out looking for looking for a fight, and I think they're going to take it out on Trevor Harris. And regardless if I'm telling you the truth or not, you know I'll never pick Edmonton. So uh, I'm going to go. Uh, Ottawa twenty four, Edmonton
2: eighteen.
4: Mark has taken the Edmonton Eskimos thirty five to twenty. Phil, what you got? Eskimos red blocks. Well, I I, I read a story on
3: a Three Down Nation today that. Uh, Devonte Adams is going to get a lot more. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I understand it. he's
3: going to get a lot more action on on offense. Um, he and he's such an exciting returner. Um, if nothing else, he'll be a distraction for the Edmonton defense. So hey, I like that part of the game for Ottawa. Uh, and and Dom Davis, he, I think he will continue to develop, and and I like that running back they have, but. Edmonton defense is so good, especially along the D line, that I I think Dom Davis is going to have trouble getting enough time to to move the ball. I I really do, and I, and I like Will's point about Ottawa's uh, defense uh, being nearly intact and having played uh, against uh, Harris in practice for so long, and all of last season. But I'm still Because it's in Edmonton I'm going to take Edmonton And I'm going to say uh, Probably 33 to 22 33
4: to 22 Wow Mixed bag of scores this week Usually you pick one number consistently Through all the games But hey, what the hell Uh, You know uh CJ's down at the bottom there with two wins. He's gonna have to play some odds here. I'm gonna take Ottawa thirty-two to twenty-four. Okay. And we'll take the Ottawa Red Blacks thirty-two to twenty-four, playing the odds with Will, the only Ottawa guy picking Ottawa over there, and uh God knows it's a mixed bag with Edmonton. Okay, so that's uh CJ's score on this game. Uh, Oh, oh, the last game. Four o'clock Saturday night. That just means CJ can't watch another BC Lions game. And I will probably be messaging Charles to find out whether or not it's worth it for me to watch it on repeat on demand. It didn't work out
2: all that well the other week, but...
4: Well, I didn't watch it, so I'm okay. Um. DC Lions traveling to Hamilton in Tim Field. Tough place to play for the Lions, always has been. Charles, you're out. Who are you gonna pick? Oh I know. My
2: one hope is that the Lions <laughs> you you we get a hope? <laughs> Something out over the bye week. Um I know it's probably a faint hope. But uh, we can and Didn't always they make drink. a
4: trade today for an O-lineman?
2: Was that today? I thought that was a few days ago. I, had heard I thought there was it, another uh, trade. Uh, last week. Last week. Oh, was, was there? I, I thought there was I another one today. It. You know, I didn't see it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it didn't happen. So they may uh, have. I could, I could um, be wrong. Uh. I don't know. But... um uh this is really getting tougher and tougher to pick them every week. But one thing here is they, they are playing the Hamilton Tiger Cats who have a very inexperienced quarterback in Evans. Um of course with the injury to Jeremiah Mazzoli, who's gone for the year. So there is that. So what I think is very important for this B C Lions Club we
0: uh, this
2: weekend. Hmm? Does she live in Calgary? It hey, will. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah that, Go that, ahead, uh, yeah, that that confused me. So, um, so anyways, um, but one thing that's very important for the Lions this week is get some pressure on the quarterback because that is that's a big key, I think for uh, they, they've they got to force him into some problem. Now, this has been a problem for the Lions this year. They've struggled uh, getting pressure on the quarterback, so they need to um, really bear down and get him to make some mistakes, to throw some interception, interceptions, to rush some throws. And the Lions certainly, I think, have a chance if they can do that. And I sound like a broken record before every Lions game. Let's see this week if we can protect uh, Mike Riley. That's been easier said than done for the Lions all this season. So they get another chance this weekend. Will it work? Who knows? But you know what? Uh, I am going to pick the Lions. I haven't heard of Brandon Banks is going to be back this week for Hamilton because he missed last week's game. But uh, I don't know. Has anyone heard his bank's back this week? No,
4: I haven't heard.
2: I haven't heard. So we'll see if he's able to play this week. That is a boost uh, for Hamilton if he does. But, of course, they still got to get the football to him. So uh, Ryan Lankford had two returns for touchdowns the last time the Lions played against Saskatchewan two weeks ago. And I think it's also going to be important for him to get some yardage on the offense. So I think this one, to be honest, um, I think Mazzoli going out is an equalizer for the Lions. Maybe I'm grabbing at straws, but I'll take what I can get right now. And I am going to pick the Lions to win this one in a close game. It may be another one of these low-scoring ones, like when they beat Toronto earlier this year, but I'm going to call the Lions to win this one 21-17. 21-17.
4: to Okay. And uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't a new linebacker, or sorry, uh, O-lineman. It's just some new news on the Justin Renfrew Renfrew trade with Calgary. He's a little pissed off that uh, he did not get a phone call from the Calgary Stampeders to tell him that he uh, was traded, but he did get an Instagram post from Clay, Saying welcome to the Lions, and that was the first that he knew he had been traded. Pretty well, that sucks, classy. eh? Very, very not classy for a classy organization. So I yeah, don't know what unreal. Calgary that, Stampeders is. That's, that's, that's not like Calgary. the Calgary.
2: Yeah. yeah, that's very unlike Calgary.
4: Yeah.
1: And my question was he's sleeping. He was a practice roster player, so did he pay his cell phone bill? Um, yada, 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 yada. There's all two sides there. Oh, theories.
4: William. I I can't believe you actually said that.
1: I, I can't believe they actually sit there for a bit. No, no, I can't believe they actually wouldn't tell him he was treated. Come on. Well that's really. that's, Come a, that's on. A story they that out. That. that. He
4: he got an okay. Instagram post from three separate Beatsy Lions, including the coach, Malachi and Lamar. Sent him Instagram tweets or whatever it is when you get a message on Instagram before and he did not I did not get the call I got notifications on Instagram from coach Clay Malachi and Lamar so you take that what okay. how you want it I I think it's, okay. it, it's not if, it, if it's true it's not very classy from a very classy organization
1: totally I agree
4: Okay. William. I agree. You can I talk right about now. the BC
1: game now?
2: You can you know, talk about the BC the Lions. Most amazing
1: game. Thing, the most amazing thing about the BC Lions is that Mike Riley has taken a worse pounding than the VAG. <laughs> and and the VAG is out, and Mike Riley is still playing. Okay? That is the toughest quarterback in the CFL. There's no doubt about That's it. He's the
4: toughest player.
1: Anyways. What There's, was nobody,
4: tougher Mike. There's no, nobody tougher than Mike. There's nobody tougher than Mike Riley. Absolute, he, he does absolutely it with no Absolutely
1: not. I know. And he does it with an ugly beard and ugly hats. It's just amazing. He
4: shaved his beard. Anyways. He shaved. Yeah,
1: he did shave his beard. and And he actually, someone asked him in an interview this week if he was superstitious because he shaved his beard and if he thinks that's going to help. And he said... Basically, that he would shave anything if he knew they would get a win. Okay, so that's a dedicated quarterback. Okay,
4: uh, I, so, yeah, I don't like that I like, shaving I like, That I that really, I
1: really, I really like that guy. Okay, I really do. Despite he's never played for my team, I really do like him. He is a, he is a good player. He's great for the CFL. Anyways, I'm, I'm torn here because I don't know. I I just don't know. I mean, maybe their offense is going to finally take off, but I still think Hamilton has one of the top three or four defenses in the CFL. So I, but then you have Hamilton who has a, a guy playing quarterback, he's only played two games. This is his second game. So, this is a hard game to pick. It really is. And I don't know who to pick, but because I I really like BC, I always have. You know that. I'm a closet BC Lions fan. I am going to pick the BC Lions. <laughs> and are you ready for this score, guys?
2: I am. This is... This is
1: this is deja vu. I'm going to pick BC 18, Tiger Cat oh. 17. Ouch. Ouch. Okay.
4: Mark has picked the Hamilton Tiger Cats 40 to 17.
1: So What was Charles' uh, score? Sorry.
4: 27 17. Uh, sorry, twenty-one seventeen. Oh, okay. 17. 21 17. 21 17. And you got an 18 okay. 17. Mark has it 40 to yep. 17, but for Hamilton, Phil, your secondary score of 17. Go ahead.
3: I guess I better, uh, better kind of go with the green. Yeah. It's actually a harder game to pick than you would, you would think, eh? Uh, BC going East, they, they should, they shouldn't have a chance in Hamilton given everything up till now. But I mean, BC is going to be damn hungry. Um, However, I say B C loses in the trenches along the strength of both their O and D line. Uh, I think Dane Evans will get enough time that a young quarterback needs to make the decisions to get something going. And uh, so I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Hamilton thirty to seventeen.
4: You're taking Hamilton thirty to seventeen. That's 10 points less than Mark, but you, you, you're in line there with the 17.
3: Well, well I'd use 17.
4: Yeah, well, I don't. Um, I'm going to pick the BC Lions. That's a fact. Uh, there's no way in hell that BC Lions are going to keep any team in the CFL to 17 points. So, not even Toronto. Or did they keep them to 17 points in they the Toronto game? I think, it was, I think they did. Yep. Yeah, okay. Okay, so no, I, I'm not. I don't have that much space. I'm gonna pick this uh, a BC win uh, of 26, 28 to 26. That's basically the way CJ sees these games. Okay, so that's those games in a wrap. I hope everybody's written down the scores and uh, are ready to go. And I'm doing a Cato quiz. Oh God, I get to kill all of these things. Okay, um, what are we talking about next? Where's my schedule here? Winnipeg, Toronto, Hamilton. No, that's not this week. Where's my agenda? Didn't, didn't it print out? Oh, over here. Got it here. Okay, Foley well, by Mitchell is back practicing with the Stampeders. Do they risk hurting their chemistry by putting him back in at quarterback? He's not going back in at quarterback because he's on the six-game injury list. We've already done this. This is all about money. Do they put him back in next week? Well, that's something we can talk about in the future. Uh, So I don't want to put too much in there right now. I personally think they should stay with Nick Arbuckle because he's winning. And if he beats the Winnipeg Blue Bombers this week, he should stay the quarterback of the Calgary Stampeders until they lose. And not just lose one game, lose a couple of games. So I think Bo's on the bench for a little bit. And I think that if they were smart, they would just keep him on the sixth game. But they can't because he's practicing. So, there you go. There's my synopsis on this one. I'm going to let Will take it away as a Calgary Stampeder fan. Go ahead, buddy. What do you think? You know, you know. do you
1: listen to the same music all the time, Christopher?
4: Eh, Sometimes. Not really. Why? What do you mean by the same well, kind of music? The same genre? Yes. The
1: same, no, no. You listen to the same song over and over and over and over again because that's all I've heard coming out of your mouth for the last four weeks, Okay. You but it's stra-
4: well, facts you are facts. You can't dispute
1: No, facts are facts. You're a business guy. They're paying the guy $725,000 a season. The minute he is ready, they're going to play him. It's that simple. Then they should play him this okay. week and
4: forget about the $250,000 regardless, regardless, salary
1: gap. Regardless of, their, regardless of what their record is. No, no, they're going to save the $250,000, so and then oh, they're going to play him after that.
4: You just said that they're paying him $725,000 a year. When he's ready to play, he should play. So now you just changed your two. Well, yeah. No, I didn't because
1: they're still saving money by not playing him. After this week, they're not going to save any money. So they're going to play him.
4: If they keep him on the the IR, they will.
1: Yeah, and then he's going to start screaming to get traded, and he's going to (laughs) get traded to a team, and then it's going to be all over. And then Nick Arbuckle... And then Nick Arbuckle will get hurt a week later, and the Stampeders are screwed. But I would say, now that they know what they have in Nick Arbuckle, I don't know if Bo Levi Mitchell will be here next year. Let's just wait and see. That's okay. my take on it. But, no, you you can't keep – you can't keep – the two-time Grape Cup MVP, the two-time uh, CFL MOP, out of your lineup. Nobody's going to do that, regardless of how much you say he's not a good quarterback. Okay. Um, there's certain I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback.
4: He, I'm just saying there's better ones.
1: There's certain skill sets that Nick Arb- or that Bo Levi Mitchell has that Nick Arbuckle doesn't have. Okay. And I guess it really is up to Dave Dickinson who he plays, but Dave Dickinson, I'm sorry, is a Bo Levi Mitchell fan. He always has been. He's the reason. He's the reason they traded Henry Burris many, many moons ago, is because they saw what they had in Bo Levi Mitchell.
4: Yeah, but he so, could have changed his tune by now.
1: Maybe. Maybe, but, so, anyways, Bo Levi Mitchell will be the starting quarterback for the Calgary Stampeders for the last part of the year, starting next week, I'm sure. But, on the other hand, one of the things that I didn't hear about today, you heard about it, mind you, I guess, th- today, would today have been a travel day? I guess it would have been.
2: Uh, or is th- Probably, yeah. I think
1: today is, okay, yeah, because... It Yesterday, they were going on and on and on about how well Bo was throwing the ball in practice. And today, we heard nothing. But that could be just because there's not, they're not practicing. So, you know, sometimes guys get over enthusiastic and push it too hard. The first practice, they're back. That could have been the issue, too. You never know. You never know. Because well, they're cause like, one day if- San Peter's... Sorry, the Stampeders, like every other team, they don't tell you about the shit that happens. <laughs> this one day I mean, a week I, of
3: closed practice.
0: Right.
1: I heard, I heard, I listened to an interview today with Mike O'Shea, and I guess he's got D backs wearing oven mitts during practice.
4: I've heard okay. about this before.
2: Oven mitts? Right. Yeah.
1: Oven mitts. And apparently, one of his players intercepted a ball with oven mitts on today. But he wouldn't tell the media who it was. So, but that's just Mike O'Shea. So, what can you do? Right? Holy crap. Those oven mitts? What was that?
3: Those oven mitts, is that to maintain a quarterback confidence?
2: No, no. No, I think the It's the a oven challenge the D back.
1: Yeah, to catch the ball.
4: To, to, stop, yeah, or, to stop them from holding yeah. and pulling and, and dragging right. on uniforms and stuff. Cause Basically, taking penalties. Okay? Right. It's not right. to challenge them from catching the ball, it's to stop them from taking so many goddamn penalties.
3: That's a great idea.
4: It, it, it's happened numerous times. I've heard of this for years, years, years. The D-backs have been practicing with oven mitts. a real challenge. In fact, they fly off a lot, so they've been duct-taping them onto their wrists over the years. Okay.
2: Who's next? Charles. Will's right. As soon as Bo Levi Mitchell is healthy, he's going back. Uh, he'll be back as quarter back behind center. Now, now the question is whether or not it's going to ruin their chemistry. Because I think that um, Arbuckle, Nick Arbuckle, has actually gotten some pretty good chemistry, and he's got this offense. Really working pretty well right now. The offense under Arbuckle looked better, a lot better than the offense did under uh, Bowie by Mitchell. So, um, oh no, you be careful, goes, Charles. Will's going to jump down your throat. I
4: mean, you can't argue facts. Well, I, I said um, that actually, to him, and, Charles, and then he turned Charles, around and told me it's not facts.
1: Charles, Charles, Charles. Uh, I'm not going to jump down your throat because the only sampling we've had of Bo Levi-Mitchell this year is less than two games. Correct. Okay. <clears throat> and, uh, of course, the team wasn't playing as it w- has lately. And no, so, and offenses need time to click. And, and yeah. that's what I'm going to say to that. So, I'm not going to argue
2: with you at all. No, but you're bang on. Offenses need time to click. In particular, receivers need time to get timing down with a quarterback. They've got got to the point where I think they've got their timing down with uh, Arbuckle, but now Bo Levi Mitchell comes in, then they're starting from scratch again. they got to get their timing down with Bo Levi Mitchell. It all doesn't happen at once. So that's a bit of a concern. So certainly Bo Levi Mitchell is going to start when he's healthy. I'm not – I'm a realist. Uh, uh, you'd be a fool to think otherwise. But with the play of Arbuckle and the fact that he's won four out of five games, and we'll see if he wins tomorrow, it's five out of six. If Bo Levi struggles when he comes back, does the leash get somewhat shorter on him? And if Dave, Dave Dickinson more? Um, amenable at that point to going back to Arbuckle if Bolivar and Mitchell struggles. I think almost it has to because okay, the, w- the w- West is a meat grinder, let's face it. And you got so Winnipeg if- uh, tied with Calgary, and you got Edmonton coming up the rear, so there's very little room for margin of error.
1: So So what excites me the most is yes. that Bo actually has some competition now at quarterback, which could be okay? also be helpful. and which could also help Bo Levi Mitchell.
2: Correct. I don't. There's nothing better than,
1: there's nothing better than someone pushing you from behind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I know Andrew Buckley was their starting quarterback for or sorry, he was gonna be their starting quarterback when Bo Levi Mitchell hurt his shoulder two years ago. And Bo, Le- Bo-, Bo Levi Mitchell did not practice all week. Andrew Buckley was scheduled to be the starter. And uh, uh, he dressed for the game, and he said to Dave Dickinson he was ready to go. And so Bo Levi Mitchell started the game, and he won the game. So, you know, I- I'm sure Bo's not scared of competition.
2: No, problem.
0: And it not. just
1: makes the situation for Calgary that much better. Yeah.
2: But I'm interested to see what Bo Levi is like when he comes back. Is Are we going to see the rust of being off for six weeks? Considering of he only really got uh, less than two games. So he really has not had very much time at all with the first team offense, even going right back to training camp. So he's starting almost from scratch. So I'm very interested to see uh, where Bo Levi uh, is in If he struggles, how quickly Dave Dickinson is ready to go to Arbuckle. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, you can talk about rust, but I will go back to 2015 when Mike Riley was injured for the first eight games of the season. And he came in in the ninth game, and he was lights out for the rest of the year.
2: Yeah, and sometimes uh, that happens. Even look. And maybe Bo Levi can sure. do that. Who knows? You never know. You yeah. never know. All right. Um, that's all for me.
4: Okay. Uh, Mark, go ahead. Mark, Mark doesn't seem to life. have much to say tonight. You so gotta, let, let's go over to slaughter. Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't believe Mark doesn't have anything to say on this subject. But Phil, go ahead, take it away. Oh, I love a quarterback controversy. <laughs>
3: it's uh, this is good. This is good. I think this is gonna this is gonna be good for the Calgary Stampeders. Um. You know, we get those in Saskatchewan all the time. They don't get them very often here. It's been a little while since there's been one in Calgary. Um, and because uh, I don't think they really had one with that Canadian quarterback there a while ago. And I think that showed when we had a had a I believe by Mitchell, not practicing all week and then and then starting on the weekend. But, uh, yeah, of course, the Stamps would have to, to re-6 game them after this weekend to uh, save any more salary on Bolivar Mitchell and I don't see that happening so uh, I think this is Nick Arbuckle's last start uh, however what's going to happen if he puts up 400 yards and they, and they win on the road in Winnipeg won't that make things interesting
4: and, and then Mitchell comes back in tanks oh
2: then well, it's a full you know, blown, at that point it's a full blown uh, controversy at that point yeah If Arbuckle beats
4: Winnipeg right now, and then Bola Yvai Mitchell comes back because that's his right as the number one quarterback that's getting paid seven hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, and he loses the next game, oh my good lord, am I going to have fun with Greg (laughs) Dar?
3: And uh, yeah. I, I'm going to predict right now, if, if Nick Arbuckle has one more week like he's had and puts up another win, that Bo Levi Mitchell will be an employee of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment by 2020 at the latest.
0: Hmm.
3: That said, I, I'm liking the Stampeders' chances more and more in 2019 because they seem to have two quarterbacks.
4: Yeah. Really? One and a half yeah. anyhow. I think our buckle's good 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 for all game now. I'm just pissing off Will now. Okay. Let's uh So you think there's a quarterback controversy, that's what you're telling us, Phil, right?
3: I'm trying to get or one going, going already. Or they're
4: or they're really close to having one.
3: They're close. And They're I, on the
4: edge. I th- that is going to happen, in my opinion, is if that prediction that I just made comes true. Arbuckle beats Winnipeg, and then Mitchell comes back. And uh, Who who do they play next after this? Who's next week? Week 10. Montreal.
2: I believe it will show. Montreal, I believe. Oh, yeah.
4: If Montreal comes into Calgary and kicks Mitchell's ass, Oh, fuck. Wouldn't that just be hilarious? Wouldn't that
0: just...
4: <laughs> I might even fly out to Calgary for that game. Uh...
1: Your ticket's always waiting, Christopher.
4: I know right, it as well, right, and I appreciate next, that. Right
1: next, right next to Steve Sparksman. Ah... <laughs> <laughs> uh... And Christopher, you know I would do that, don't you?
4: Yes, you would. Without question, you would. But the the, the funny thing is is that you would also be there. So, cuz you wouldn't miss a game unless you had to.
1: Yeah, but Las there'd Vegas. be a buffer, that would be Christopher Jones.
4: <laughs> you're an evil man. You're an evil, yes, I evil, am. evil 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 man. Love you to death,
1: but Remind you're an evil me. Man. Remind me to remind me to tell you offline what my other friends in the other four seats said um, about the game last Saturday.
4: Don't we'll find go there. Amusing. Don't go there. Okay. So are we done with Bo Levi Mitchell? Because you kind of know my opinion on this thing. I think he's. I'm not going to say he's a bum because he's not. He's a he's a respectable quarterback in the CFL. But I just get tired of people putting up up on the pedestal of the 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 greatest greatest thing that ever happened to the cfl he simply is not he's an above average quarterback playing on an extremely elite and awesome team but that elite and awesome team has taken a couple steps back this year and he hasn't shown himself to play well in that period of time now was he injured and didn't play well okay so maybe the injury is proving my point I'll have to. i give him the benefit of the doubt in that one, and let's see how he comes back and plays football. He comes back in football, and uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be cheering for the Bombers, and I'm going to be cheering for the Alf. I'm not going to be cheering for the Bombers. I can't do that. I really don't like that team right now. Only simple because of the arrogance of the fans, and I'm getting really pissed off at them planning their parade route. So let's move on.
1: And an article from but hold on one second, one
4: second, Christopher.
1: Bolivie Mitchell will never be as great as the best BC quarterback ever. Who's that? Damon Allen.
4: (laughs) Fuck me. I like that. You know, in all honesty, I'd rather have Marcus Crandall.
2: You'd rather have Crandall than, rather have him than, uh, Bolevite Mitchell or Damon Allen?
1: Damon
2: uh, Allen. uh, Yeah, Bolevite Mitchell. We have that in common because I'm not a fan of Damon Allen either. No, no.
4: Don't like his arrogance or or his uh, way he plays football. Uh, neither does anybody else because he hasn't done anything with football since. Okay, um, so what is this? Uh, I haven't seen this one. An article from
2: Athlon.
4: Sports suggests that the a- CFL a- should become a, what's that?
2: I think this it's Athlon. Athlon? A- a- no, a- no, it's Athlon, yeah. A- a- should
4: become a full-on developmental league for the NFL. Is there any scenario where this could be a good idea? No. No. <laughs> uh, um, no. I, I, I can't see it. I don't see it. it. Why would they do it? Why would we change the CFL? Because I'll tell you, if, if, the NFL wanted a developmental league and they dumped millions or billions of dollars into the CFL to make it that way, we would have to change our rules. And I like my rules better than their rules. So, as a fan of the CFL, I couldn't continue to watch it if we went to a four-down fair catch game. It just it just wouldn't work for me. It just give me the rouge. There's just so many things that make the CFL a superior game to the NFL that I, 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 I taking that, that gigantic step backwards for money uh, makes no sense to me. None. Zero. Zero, zero. Uh, if you want to collapse the CFL, and start with 9 or 10 or 20 new teams, go ahead. But please let the CFL die a, a, a respectable death than to uh, dress it up in a skirt. I, I don't want a cross-dressing league. I'm sorry, I can't do it. I can't, I couldn't watch that. So that that's my personal opinion on this one. Phil, what's yours?
3: I didn't really read the article, so I didn't. I don't know what all they're proposing. Like, rule changes from what the CFL has now is a no starter for me.
4: Yeah. So if, if, if they were so that suggesting that... That's what up, it was proposing,
2: that it would well, all adopt um, NFL rules. Why,
4: well, why would why would the, the NFL want a developmental league when the players aren't playing the same game?
2: That's the problem. Right?
4: That that's is, is a, the problem. problem. If it's going to be a developmental league, it has to be exactly the same as the NFL so that the players uh, move straight up with no, they don't have to think. They don't have to change their thought pattern. There's nothing for them to learn. There's, okay, whatever. So the extra player on the field, the wider field, the longer field, the all of that would change, would have to. And and the NFL, it would cost them millions if not billions of dollars to do that because they would have to start over. So, sorry, Phil, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I, I don't see it happening. I I just scanned a little bit through the story there. This is just another one of those whimsical stories. We see these come up, you know, at least once a year out of somebody from down south who knows nothing about the CFL, knows nothing about the dynamics either about how, you know, how we do handle the American players and, and the style and type of American players we use here and, and really probably doesn't watch a whole lot of our league. Uh, as far as us becoming a developmental league under our game, I'm all for it. But uh, not for the million-dollar bailout we got in the 90s, which is like $3 million today. Show me the money, baby, like tens of millions of
4: dollars. Oh, it would have to be hundreds of millions. Because ten million, we're getting forty million dollars from TSN, yep. and and, and, yeah, and yeah. that's keeping us alive. Where that has the league on life support. That's forty million dollars a year. Now you gotta you gotta have hundreds of millions of dollars to make this worthwhile. To absolutely and, and destroy, to, be, to destroy this league, you'd, you'd have to pay the bucks. Show me the money.
3: And to be a development league for the. For the NFL, we'd have to expand this league, so we'd probably be having to look at U.S. expansion 2.0, which I wouldn't be against, as long as we we maintained our rules and our culture. Uh, uh, by, by by culture, I mean our football culture, and uh, and I'm all for that, and, and and I'm really really would like to see the NFL do that, uh, and uh, I made, and I really hope one day there is that because there's becoming an appetite in the U.S. again for Canadian football we're starting to see it social media has helped out a lot and we're starting to see more and more fans south of the border uh that that ESPN contract is really something and and shows that there's a commitment and a a following in the U.S. and they're starting to follow the players from their own colleges down there that they followed there and uh and it's been positive all around and I, I only see that getting better I see getting a better and better U.S. television contract and more and more money flowing through the CFL because of that. And it, it, let's face it, we're having tr- trouble getting people and bums in the seats, but, but television ratings are terrific both domestically and in the U.S., and that is where our growth in this league is going to be Where how our salary cap is going to grow, and uh, I hope we continue to pursue that aggressively.
2: Yeah. Charles? Yeah, I kind of put this uh, article in just to kind of rip it because I thought it was a stupid idea. First of all, if you're going to change the rules, I'm not interested. Um, One of the uh, things it talks about is having teams also playing in Europe along with Canada. Uh, That creates a complete travel logistical nightmare. I think that's stupid. Um, I just think that it... um, there's so many reasons why it just quite frankly doesn't work i think um they they would like c j said they're gonna- if they w c f o is gonna be a a um developmental Development. league they're gonna want them to play all the same n f l rules they're not gonna want c f l rules and that's why we love the c f l because it is a different game and because it is a more offensive game. So no, I'm really not interested at all in this, um, unless we were able to keep the CFL exactly as it is and they were giving us money and so on. But why they're going to do that uh, to develop players playing a game under different rules? That what doesn't make sense uh, in terms of um, um, logistics. The NFL logistics and the NFL is not going to have any interest in that. Why would they? Uh, they're going to say, well, if you're going to play, if we're developing you and we're paying you all this money, you're going to play by our rules. So I'm sorry, there's just nothing really there that makes sense. So personally, I don't think this was ever going to come to fruition. I think this person was just kind of throwing uh, things against the wall and seeing if they stuck. Anyways, I don't think there's been any serious talk about this, nor do I think there will be any serious talk about this. Uh, it's just someone just. Throwing throwing stuff out there, so no, I don't think that's not going to happen.
4: I, I don't Nor know who, who wrote really this article. I don't know who wrote this article, but I, I'll bet you somewhere it's some American sports guy, and for the only reason is that they think they their game is better than ours. And of we get this, and we get this in Let's Talk CFL Facebook group all the time. Every once in a while, we'll get an American that'll join the group. And uh, you know don't get me wrong I'm all happy that the Americans are following our league and everything else but the first thing they want to do is get rid of the rouge because oh my god giving a point for missing a field goal is stupid and uh they want to change this and they want to change that and they want to change this and I go get the fuck away from my game
2: Yeah it's true Okay and
4: we've yeah. had this we've had these rules in place for 108 years we've been doing quite well without it without you without those rules and just leave it the fuck alone, okay? If you want a boring football game, there's one south of the border. Go ahead okay I, I, It's a passionate subject for me, and I, I I get get going. it gets me going. William, yes,
1: also a very passionate subject for me, and you guys know that I watch both leagues. And the only reason I watch both leagues is because the CFL doesn't run 12 months out of every year. I need my football fix Two completely different games. I like the CFL better hands down. I like everything about the CFL better. And I want the NFL to stay as far away from my league as humanly possible because it's not the same league. If they come in and change things, it's not, it's, it's, if you take away the wider field and the longer field, and you take away the yes, uh, guys in motion, be- the mo- guys in motion before you start the ball rolling, it's 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 boring as shit. It's that simple. It really is boring. So, um, and I don't I don't care how much money's involved. I'm not interested. Because I think the CFL will survive just as long as the CFL wants to survive. <clears throat> there will always be people out there, I guarantee you. So, and even, even, you know, a lot of the American fans on our websites that know football, they appreciate the CFL game because they've had enough of the NFL. And I'd say go away. I don't know who wrote the article. I don't care. It's not going to happen. It's not feasible. If the NFL wanted a feeder league, they've got enough money that they could organize their own feeder league. Why would they pay an existing league money and try and convince them to change their game? It makes no sense. And I think you'd lose a lot of CFL fans.
4: You'd lose most of them. Now, one thing yeah. I'd like to add to, to Will's tra- thought, train of thought here is bang on. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about Americans, and I don't want to uh, i don't want to piss anybody off here, but I'm going to do it anyhow. I know that, man. I really don't care because I piss off Ryder fans and Snap fans and Bomber fans and everybody else, so I might as well piss off the Americans at the same time. Uh, they're an arrogant race, uh, group of people, okay? There's no way in hell that they would believe that Canadians can play football as good or better than they are. So there's no way in hell that if the NFL was going to start a feeder league, they would start it in Canada. They would be putting a team into Portland, into Sioux Falls, Idaho. They'd be putting a team into Burlington. They'd be putting a team all over the goddamn place in America. Shreveport. Uh, we would see football teams in every backwatered town in America before they spend any money on the CFL to change its rules. The only reason, the NFL knows what the CFL does, and they know how valuable it is to them, and that is why they supported us in the 90s. That's why they still support us. But please do not mistake that support for a need. And if they need a feeder league, they will just go and create one. Because what's what's the difference... What's the difference between that and the a, a, uh, AHL, okay? Where every – we're talking hockey now for a second, where the NHL has an AHL team, okay, where their, their junior players go to play to develop and get better, and they call them up when they need them, okay? That's what the NFL needs as a deve- dele- developmental league. There's no way that the CFL could and or would be that league. You need some – you need 32 teams. You need one team for – at least one team for each NFL team. And so then the Seattle Seahawks put the money into a, a city, Portland or, or, or wherever, Eugene, Oregon, I don't care, and, uh, and create their own football team and put their junior players down there in development. They're never going to use the CFL. Got nine teams. Why would they? They need thirty-two. If you got to create thirty-two teams after nine, why don't you just create the other nine? I, I don't understand it. it. It makes no sense. It, oh, whoever thought this one up did not think it through.
2: Instant. Okay. The thing is, see, the NFL's had a development league before. It was called the U. S. Or, or not the um, the World League of American Football, and then it became NFL Europe, and that was their quote unquote development league. and It lasted for years, but it ultimately failed because people weren't going to watch it.
4: But that was in Europe. It's a dumb
2: place to have well, it. Not all of it. It was it was in Europe, but originally it was in North America too.
4: I know, in fact, I they, know, but they, had a they moved in Montreal, it to Europe there. They're trying to expand their NFL audience by trying to give them an inferior football product. How do you do that? That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Okay? You don't get them hooked on on bad football. Uh, And and I'm not saying bad or terrible or awful football, but it's not the same as the caliber of football that the NFL is. Otherwise, the players would be there. And that's what the nfl europe was supposed to be was supposed to be a secondary league but you don't develop players in in germany to play football in in texas you develop players in texas to play tech in texas or new england to play new england that's how how you get to know each other that's how you get to know these players and that's how you know the college football stars get to go move up and and develop into something. What would have happened if Johnny Manziel didn't just jump into the Cleveland Browns? He went into another league for a little bit. And yeah, I know we're not talking about his attitude right now, but we're talking about his football skills. Because playing college football and playing professional football are two different ball games. Mhm. I mean, anybody who says it isn't ridiculous because it's been said so many times by so many players the speed of the game the the intensity of the game is so much different so do they need a stepping stone between college and pro and and the nfl probably certainly wouldn't hurt
2: some players
4: yeah don't fuck with my league i'm gonna take it personal I mean, we've seen mass shootings for less. I didn't say that out loud, did I? Uh, sorry, you did. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm not going to kill anybody because of this. Okay, just let's move on. Okay. That's a good. Thing. With your AR-15. <laughs> let's not talk about that right now, okay?
1: Okay. Sorry. Okay, I apologize.
4: I hate it when people follow weapons.
1: I prefer. I prefer to talk about the VAG hurting on the weekend, last weekend. so.
4: Let's take a look and discuss the recent power rankings. Do we have power rankings? Oh, my God. BC has to be in the basement, I'm sure, because oh, yeah. what idiot would put them anywhere yeah, else? Yeah, they are. You, you can't put them anywhere. Okay, let's see where these power rankings are. Where did they go? I've lost them here. Uh, da, da,
2: da, 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 da.
4: I can't believe somebody actually wants the CFL to be in the developmental league. This is ridiculous. No, I don't want to subscribe to Three Down Nation. Why would I want to do that? Number one, we have the Calgary Stampeders back in first place. Wow, well, we know that's going to happen. How is that an argument? Nobody can argue with that one. They've lost their number one I starting can. quarterback, and they're still winning and winning and winning. So, yeah, I like that idea. Calgary should have been up there all along. You're going to argue that? Will, go ahead. I I think it's too soon.
1: Sorry. I just think it's too soon. I think if they win this week, then next week for sure. But right now, I think it's too soon. But that's just me. I think they should be at the very least second. But, you know,
4: that's just me. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. Charles, what's your take on this? Calgary Peters in first place, or do you think that belongs to somebody else?
2: They're the defending Grey Cup champions, and they've got the best record, or at least tied for the best record in the league. So, I don't And they're see, on a winning streak. It. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no problem with that. Phil, are
4: you going to be like Rod yeah. Peterson and say that the Riders right now are the hottest team in the CFL? Well,
3: the Riders are the hottest team, but right now in my power rankings for the first time this season, probably because – I see them with two quarterbacks, which I think is so important to this league. I got the Calgary Stampeders number one in my power rankings for the first time in 2019. Now, that said, it's only because I predict that they're going to win in Winnipeg this weekend. So, uh, of course, if they don't, things will change.
4: Hey, Phil, I have a question for you. Who did you have at the power rankings before the season started in number one?
3: Well, that's a good question You probably, you probably know uh, right, I think you the Winnipeg actually, Blue Bombers
4: you, you weren't Blue around at the beginning of the season with us
3: Yeah, but I did, did it, do a power ranking At the beginning of the season with you guys My very first show did you? Oh, did you? Yeah, and I believe I picked the Winnipeg Blue Bombers <laughs>
4: Okay, in April of the of, 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 April 26th of this year, the preseason, Charles had the Stamps as number one. Mark had the Stamps as number one. Will had the Stamps as number one, and CJ had the Stamps. I didn't have Phil back in April. And that's the, okay, preseason, yeah. that's the preseason power rankings that I got. Uh, Charles, you actually had BC Lions as number two. How's that working out for you? Uh, boy,
2: that was oh. a little bit of a stretch.
4: Oh, Will, you had the Lions as number two.
2: <laughs> I
4: know. That's why they're doing so poorly, I think, them. <laughs> I, I I had the Lions in third place behind the bombers, as did Mark. So Mark had the stamp of the uh-huh. bombers, the B C Lions, Ticats, Eskimos, Riders, Ottawa, Toronto and Montreal. Nobody's got Montreal in the basement anymore. What the hell? What's going on here? BC's down there. Okay, so we got the power rankings. Number two, they've got the Edmonton Eskimos. Do you think the Eskimos should be higher than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers who they've got in third place? Bill. Do you think the Eskimo is showing, nope. showing more? I think they're right
3: where they belong. I really do. I, I, I've got them in second right now. And that's only because, uh, you know, like two, three, four, I think it's kind of a soft uh, uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Saskatchewan. So um, so I, I don't have any problem with, with third down doing that on theirs. Uh, but... Uh, and I don't have of course they just lost on the road to to calgary uh, and uh, and i like' I'm liking so much about the stampeders right now there's there's so much good to see on that team that uh no Edmonton's where they belong
4: so Edmonton's number two uh, do you do you have Winnipeg in third place <laughs>
0: no nope. I don't think so i think that's
3: that's one place where uh I'm gonna have to agree with rod Petterson that's this is uh this is completely, I don't, I don't, this is just, this is just to stir rider fans up that somebody at third, not third down nation does this. Um, however, given the injuries the Riders have, I think they probably do have them in the right place. Going into this weekend, the Riders are probably in the right place because there's some key injuries on that defense. We've got four defenders uh, starting that are, that are, may not play tomorrow night. So as far as going into the weekend goes, It's probably lined up right. Okay, Charles,
4: you okay with Edmonton in second,
2: Winnipeg Uh, in third, and Saskatchewan in
4: fourth?
2: I would still put Winnipeg second. I know they've lost two in a row. They're still a good football team. They're still tied for the best record in the CFL. And I still think they've got – I still think they're the best defense in the CFL. I'm putting Winnipeg two and Edmonton in three.
0: Okay,
4: interesting. Interesting.
2: Um, and and Winnipeg has
1: beat Edmonton this year, so I would automatically Winnipeg yeah. too.
4: Winnipeg has only played two Western teams
2: so far: Edmonton and, and BC. BC. Yeah, the first peak. That's that, that's the only two teams Winnipeg
4: has played in the West so far. And they've been they've wow. been raping the Eastern Division so far, and that's where their record is. That's why I say their record is overinflated. They've only played two divisional games, and most of their games have been home. Or actually, they're three and zero at home and two and two away.
1: And I mean, Winnipeg also has, if you think about it. They have Calgary this week and then coming up is back to back with uh Saskatchewan for Labor Day and yeah. after. And yeah. they
4: could be in tough. They could be in tough. They could be dropping like a rock in these power rankings and the standings no less. Or they could. They or they could solidify their position. But on the other know? hand it's, but it's on football. the other hand, this week
1: this week Todd Mogey has guaranteed a Winnipeg win, so I, I heard that. I heard that. He I, he he must think he's Joe fucking Namath or something. I don't know.
4: Did Joe Namath do that?
1: Yes, he did.
2: Yep. He won the Super He won the Super Bowl. The, Super, and he he the Super Bowl the okay. the a, a heavy underdog. The only thing I remember about
4: correct. Joe Namath was him wearing those pantyhose in the commercial. I, I, I couldn't even tell you what, what what team he was on.
1: And what Joe Namath is more famous for now than ever is because he's still always been a he's – a, he's a drunk. He's always drunk.
2: Oh, I'll never forget the Monday night football he was on. and He was yep. drunk and he, yep. he was hitting on the sideline reporter.
1: Yeah, I remember that <laughs> yeah. so clearly. It's scary. <laughs> <He tried> to...
2: <laughs> Live That's on I will, TV. i want to kiss you. He just said that <laughs> yeah. over and over again.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Was it wasn't he uh, married to Farrah Fawcett at one point in time or uh, he had a relationship I with her so. or?
2: I, I don't think so. I don't think though maybe I'm wrong they may have dated I'm not sure
1: oh. Her long time was what's his name Ryan
2: what's his face Ryan O'Neill. Yeah. Yes sir that's the one But uh Joe <laughs> Namath isn't he uh didn't he win a uh
3: Am I, I I'm, I'm mixing them up with Theismann? Didn't he win a – who won a great – oh, Theismann, yeah. Theismann. That's Joe Theismann. did. Joe Theismann, yeah. I always get those two mixed up. Yep.
4: Okay. Well, what can I say? I'm just moving on. Who cares about Joe Theismann, right? We don't care about Joe Theismann. Joe Namath, you mean. Joe Namath, sorry. Joe Theismann. I'm mixing them up. I'm mixing them up. American quarterbacks, who cares? I don't even I don't even know what team this guy played for. Okay, uh, moving on. Uh, where are we? Power rankings. Yes. Where were we in the power rankings? Who's number uh, three? Number three uh, is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers according to this list here. But that's not true because they, they actually have two number threes, and that's either third down nation doesn't know how to fucking count uh, because they should have gone th- uh, 3A and 3B because they've got Winnipeg and Saskatchewan both at three. And yeah. that just doesn't make any sense to
2: me. They just, uh, I'm, they just yeah, I'm guessing they're saying it's a tie between those two, but they should clarify it. Exactly. Yeah. I,
4: if they're not calling it a tie, then they shouldn't be doing that. I think it's more typos than anything. No, they do it at number six
3: as well. If you notice, there.
1: Then they're,
3: and
4: they're yeah, idiots. Montreal and Ottawa are both six.
1: So how come how come Hamilton's not number three?
0: Well, they just Probably lost to the Riders. Have, yeah, but they
1: also but they, they also but they also beat the Bombers.
4: Yeah, but that wasn't
2: really? with their. Was that with Dane Evans?
1: No, that he was played with, the, well.
2: He, he played half of the game. Basically, that's the game there um, yeah. where um, he got injured. Tough
1: but call. he still Tough. didn't take a pounding like Vaz.
2: <laughs> no, no one has. Oh, God, you're hitting that this uh, hard tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so that's number
4: it. five, the number five hard. is the Hamilton Tiger Cats. They're 5-2 record, but their number one quarterback is out for the season. Uh, Dane Evans is the, the new starter, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I would put Hamilton that high. How It's very difficult to put them that high. But then right below them is Ottawa and Montreal, Toronto and B.C. So it's hard not to put Hamilton in fifth place, isn't it?
1: Yep it is.
4: I I would disagree with uh, their power rankings here by putting Ottawa ahead of uh, Montreal. I don't see that one in reality. But they didn't really. They kind of put them both at six. So. And we'll see what happens.
1: Power rankings could change a whole bunch this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. A whole bunch. A whole bunch. Yeah.
4: <laughs> and it is. I mean, let's face it. Winnipeg's finally going to cha- be challenged by a, a an above five hundred team. I mean, yeah. How how is that possible? I mean, yes, they played Edmonton and they beat Edmonton, and Edmonton is above five hundred team. Now they weren't then, I don't think. Anyhow, bad argument. Uh, anybody want to say anything about the quarter at the power rankings? The bottom half of this thing, uh, you you kind of agree that Montreal should be ahead of Ottawa and uh, Toronto is one step ahead of BC, or are we going to give BC an up over Toronto because BC beat Toronto? Mm. No.
2: Nah. No. No. Even like it, it was weeks ago, and let's face it, Toronto in their win looked a lot better than BC in their win. <coughs> yeah.
4: Who did Toronto as beat much again? As
2: I hate to say that. Toronto beat Winnipeg. See, I
4: told you this. Winnipeg is just totally overestimated. Over... I would have up, been better
2: nope. if Mark was here, but. Yeah.
4: Bombers suck just call it what it is. Okay. Let's move on from these power rankings because I'm kind of done with those. Um, CFL.ca article talks about Winnipeg Blue Bombers using their recent losses as a learning experience. Are these losses a blessing in the skies? Well, if they're not using them for a learning lesson, learning experience, then they're idiots and they don't know anything about professional football. So... Who, who writes an article that says this is this like Captain Obvious writing football articles now I mean it's like saying the BC Lions better be learning from their losses well duh your O-line sucks do something about it they did okay did they do enough no is Winnipeg losing, learning anything from their experience here what could they learn their quarterback's not quite who they think he they want him to be. He's our man. He's our man. But he hasn't thrown for three hundred yards yet this year. Or ever. I don't know.
1: I don't know. What I they, they need to learn is they have to play a full sixty minutes for sure.
4: They Especially gotta stop relying week. on their on Andrew Harris so much. Because all you have to do is yep. take Andrew Harris out of the game. And Winnipeg has an L. It's that simple. Stop Harris. You win the game. Their entire offense is centered around Andrew Harris. And, you is know, for up. La- La- Go ahead, Phil. Is Paul LaPolice
3: the most overrated offensive coordinator in the CFL? We're seeing a lot of short game out of Winnipeg, much like we heard the criticism out of the Riders last year. And it's not like they don't have the personnel. They do have a quarterback, as apparently, as right, or Bomber fans like to think, or state so. So why are we seeing this dink and dunk offense out of Winnipeg and these dump-offs these dump to Andrew Harris? Is that all they've got on offense? If that's all they've got...
0: There it's is a risk cut. that that
3: their offense is going to start to implode even further as the league, or as the season uh, develops. Well, I didn't
2: well, think I'd you're love not that, that confident of Matt Nichols throwing the deep ball.
4: He doesn't do it. He doesn't want to get picked off. He doesn't want to create negative stats. And it's He's not playing, just not him. It's
3: it's it's a partnership between the quarterback and the offensive coordinator. So as a team, I agree. Yep. You know, and um, we we've heard so much about the talents of Paul AuPolice in the past, and and we just can't put it all on Matt Nichols right now. We've got we've got to start looking at that partnership and how this is working. And I think Barmer fans have got to start thinking about it as well. Uh, and and I I just don't see it working right now. When it's, when you start looking what is it? what did I say, 26 or 28, 26 games straight without a 300-yard passing effort
4: out of
1: the Winnipeg Blue Bombers.
4: Is that an airplane, I, Will? Your,
0: Someone,
1: a, no. Sorry. It's my it, its my air conditioner.
0: It's, it's actually a lot more games water.
1: than that. It's, it's
3: actually around 30 games if you take into account other starters in between, because nobody else threw for 300 yards there either. So... So my big question is: Is Paul Lapalice the most overrated offensive coordinator in the CFL?
4: Well, I'll tell you, we're not we're not rating uh, Jarius Jackson all that high, so he's not really a competition. Uh, Dave what's that, Charles?
2: I was going I'd take Lapalice over Jarius Jackson in a heartbeat.
4: Yeah, and then you got Dave Dickinson in Calgary. Well, I don't think we're overestimating him. Um, who's the offensive coordinator in Edmonton, or is it still Jason Moss?
1: Jason Moss. No, I mean yeah, it's Jason Moss.
4: He was two years ago. I thought he brought somebody in. Probably, no, and that out. guy left. That guy left? Okay.
1: And then Jason Moss was it again this year.
4: Okay. That's what I actually I thought that, but um, oh, you want to talk about overrated? Uh, well, hang on, okay. Are we overrating Steve McAdoo? I don't think anybody's rating him all that high, so he,
3: he never gets overrated.
1: He, he got severely underrated last season, yeah. So
0: that's, he, that's well, he's, I leading think the he's league.
1: been severely, he's been severely underrated ever since he's been playing behind uh, Chris Jones, okay, as, as far yeah. as the offensive coordinator, because offensive coordinators don't matter on Chris Jones' teams. They don't. Mm-hmm. Ofe- offense is a secondary thought.
3: In 2017, Stephen McAdoo's offense led the league in passing touchdowns, and in 2019, they currently lead the league in touchdowns.
4: Sure, that matters to somebody. No, just joking.
1: Uh, no, no, I, it does. It does matter. And what was what's his Grey Cup stats? I think one, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah, and yeah, one in one in Edmonton for sure. One and that, that was with sure. Edmonton. Yep.
4: yep. So, uh, to answer your question, Phil, you're probably correct. He's the most overrated. Offensive coordinator in the CFL. Oh. But that being said, is it because he is rated so high? Is he good, but everybody's thinking he's awesome? Or is he an okay quarterback or uh, offensive coordinator, and he's actually really terrible? I don't think he's a terrible OC. I think he's above well, average and I mean, offensive coordinator it, in this league. If you look he's putting at putting a game him, plan together for in... Matt Nichols. To, to
0: Right.
1: Fault. He that knows what he's where his strengths are. He knows where his strengths are, and that's Andrew Harris. Let's face yep. it.
0: Yeah.
4: No no different. No different than um George Cortez and Kahari Jones in Saskatchewan in two thousand and thirteen and they did everything they could to keep Darian Durant from throwing the ball. Right? Give it to Corey Sheets and let him run it down their throat. Run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Oh, my God, look, Darian's not throwing interceptions anymore because he's got some time.
1: And it's Prior the thing to thing Cortez Stephen... taking
4: over the OC, Darian Durant was one for one. One for one touchdown to interception ratio. After Cortez took over and Kahari Jones was a QB coach, they took that to three to one touchdowns to interceptions. Why? Because they just. Dis- he stopped throwing the ball. Run the ball and make the defense sit back. If you can keep I the defense agree. on their heels, then you, you can win a football game. And that's how, how they did with the – they played. They created an offense away from the weaknesses of the quarterback. That's exactly what Paul Lapelise is doing. Is he underrated? Overrated? I don't think so. He's doing his job.
3: I, I completely agree, Christopher. I completely agree with that. And, and, and another good example is Stephen McAdoo last year with how he managed uh, Air Canada. And, and that's why I asked that about Lapa-Lise, Is I'm just trying to point out that, that LaPolice is working with what he's got there in Matt Nickel and doing yeah. the best with that offense.
4: Do we think that Paul Lapolise as an offensive coordinator, would do the same thing if he was in Saskatchewan or if he was in Calgary Or if he was in BC No, you have to change your offense To your quarterback Or to your offensive line Or to your running back Or whatever you have for weapons And pick your best weapon and use it And that's what he's doing in yeah. Winnipeg right now So I think he's doing a hell of a job I think he's doing a bang-up job For the Winnipeg Blue Bombers And anybody, any criticism to him Isn't justified
1: Oh that's a good point, Christopher. Very good. And do we all know what Winnipeg? or sorry, do we all know what Calgary's gonna do against Winnipeg on, on Thursday night? What their main game plan is? What do you think it, it is?
4: It, Shut it, down if, Andrew if Harris. Is, if it is is, is
1: hit Andrew Harris every chance they get. Yeah. And make and make Matt Nichols throw the ball.
4: You make him throw the ball, he's gonna make mistakes. He's yep. not that good. he's not that
3: good of a quarterback. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun game to watch.
4: If, if he was a really good quarterback, if Matt Nichols was a great quarterback, he wouldn't have lost his job to James Franklin. Yeah. good Lord. Yep. True that. How yep. shit do you have to be to lose your job to James Franklin?
1: As well, out. that's what we know that's what we know now but don't forget a couple years ago there was talk of and it became mostly from me if you remember correctly there was talk of trading mike riley so that edmonton could keep james franklin mm-hmm. well yeah, but no, you were just I was, trying to piss I,
4: Rhonda off no that
1: i was wasn't working. if i was the general if i was the general manager in edmonton i wouldn't be today how does that sound
4: yeah well, that's a fact. Well,
3: that's that's the truth, Will, and and a lot of those stories were coming out of out of Regina and yeah. maybe out of our favorite guy there, Rod Peterson. Who, but then again, he kind of broke his story last week. There's a little talk of BLM talk going to the riders too, so maybe a little bit
2: of a uh, little bit of hype.
0: All of the he he, he drinks Peterson, his own coolant. All of the
2: top players go to the riders. Sir Charles. I was just saying, according to Rod Peterson, all of the top players are going to end up with the Riders.
1: Oh, come on. Well, they do. Charles, they do eventually. They do eventually when they're a year away from retirement. Right.
4: Let me get overpaid in Regina. Um, Yeah. I think James Franklin would have been a better quarterback in the CFL if he had stayed in Edmonton and Mike Riley left. If, if. The Edmonton Eskimos traded Mike Riley, as you had suggested, Will. James Franklin on that yep. team would have been would have done okay. James Franklin on the Toronto Argonauts, I don't think any quarterback over there is going to excel. That team is shit.
2: That's just because it's a crap team.
4: I think based you on what
3: we've all agreed upon is that James Franklin is could be a. a, a CFL quarterback under Stephen McAdoo or Paul LaPolice, because we've blown a lot of smoke up their butt over the last 10 minutes.
4: Or or Dave Dickinson, because look what he's done with Mitchell.
1: Absolutely. Well, and the other thing, we've talked about it a little bit, I don't think, uh, and I guarantee you, and I'm not sure about this, but I bet you it's the truth. Um, if Nick Arbuckle plays one more game and wins, then Calgary's not going to be able to keep him next year.
0: No,
2: probably not. Or, He's gonna go or they, else. they won't keep Mitchell.
1: Or they won't keep Mitchell.
2: That might be their better option because then they dump that salary.
1: Depends how they right, want to build their team. That is correct. That is correct. And I mean... If you think if you think hard about it, uh two years before Henry Burris left Calgary, they gave him big money to stay. It's true. And two year and two years later they traded him. So or didn't re sign him one of the two. No, they traded him, didn't they? I can't remember.
4: He went to Hamilton next, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think he actually was was released or or wasn't signed in free agency, and then he was traded from Hamilton to Ottawa.
1: No, I think he was done in in Hamilton, and then Ottawa signed him because he had two stellar years in Hamilton where he threw for over five thousand yards, but they didn't win any football games because George yeah, that... Cortez was the head. George Cortez was the head coach, and that was a big mistake. Yeah. He was a he was a reverse of uh, Chris Jones. All he thought about was offense.
4: Yeah, Burris was released by Hamilton, uh, and Calgary traded him.
2: Yeah, yeah.
4: He traded, and he traded him for up. Kevin Glenn.
1: That is correct. And then yeah. Drew Tate took Drew Tate took over the starting quarterback job, got hurt in the third game of the year, and Kevin Glenn, I think, played 14 games. And then they put Drew Tate back in for the playoffs, and they lost.
3: And then Kevin Glenn got signed by Ottawa, or traded to that Ottawa. I forget right. how it worked. And then uh, no.
4: No, never played. No, he got picked up the, the expansion
3: draft. Expansion draft. And then the debacle, okay. they signed him to a contract. And it was a long-term one, like three, three years. And then they signed Henry Burris, and that was the right. Kevin it. Glenn. I don't yeah. blame but
0: them for, know,
3: for they doing they it.
0: But
2: they didn't they? Uh, no, really. They released, him. They released him. Yeah. They released him. They released him. Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: That was that was a sour
3: point in Kevin Glenn's career. He yeah. he never really got over that.
2: He was really was, pissed off when that happened. I he remember. was so
4: happy when Ottawa took him in the expansion draft that he was going to be leading the leading this franchise uh, as they entered the CFL, and he got pushed aside like a moldy loaf of bread. Yep. Okay. What are we doing now? We're finished. No. Last week's win was the first sign of life that we have seen out of the Toronto Argonauts. Was it just a blip or are there signs that the Argos could be getting on track? Well, Corey Chablin did not set the record. He was two losses short of the longest consecutive losing streak by a head coach in CFL history. So,
1: who had that record, do you know?
4: No, I don't.
1: No, I I don't either. either. Gotta be a Saskatchewan coach, I would think.
3: Mm. (laughs) I'm gonna hang up.
0: Don't (laughs) hang up.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think – you know what, Phil? I think he was the 13th coach in (laughs) Saskatchewan. Don't do that. (laughs) Phil
4: will hang up. Stop it.
1: Okay. Okay. Hey, Phil, if your friends can't pick on you, then who can? (laughs) Phil, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay. Yeah. Good. I just – Good, good, good,
0: good
3: down, so I missed what you said. Sorry, I didn't hear anything what you said, so so anyway, this third Down Nation uh, article, I'll tell you what, I think I mentioned this maybe last show. I'm pretty excited about the Argos going forward here. We got Zach Claro's coming back into town. He's gonna be excited to play there. And and honestly, he he he's a he fireplug. You put him together with S. J. Green And the rest of that offense, especially if that running back, his name just escapes me, comes back. And I'm looking for Toronto, James Wilder, Jr., yep. And I'm looking for Toronto to do some big things going forward right now.
4: I have one word for you. One
1: word. How can you ever consider him? Yes.
4: O-line. Go ahead. Toronto doesn't have an O-line.
1: And how I know can where you they're gonna consider Kolaris when when Macbeth threw for like four almost four hundred yards the other day.
3: Well, I like any team so. with two quarterbacks
1: right now. And well,
3: there that, are getting to be that. more and more of them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I'm not including the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in that for any bomber fans listening. I never have. I've never considered Chris Straveler a quarterback. And from time to time I've had some confidence in their starter, but I'm having less and less. Did I just slam Winnipeg again? Sorry about that. That just just came from nowhere.
1: Well, no, you're a Ryder fan, so it didn't come from nowhere.
2: Uh, personally, myself, i got to see more wins. I mean... No team, You can't lose them all, let's face it. Eventually, the law of averages says you're going to get a win. And let's not forget that the Argos had to overcome a 2 point deficit to win. The odds are any other team they're playing, they're probably not winning that. For some reason, the Bombers let them off the hook. Uh, so I got to see more from the Bombers before, excuse me, more from the Argos before I think that they're really uh, in um, turning things around, personally.
4: Can't argue that. Nope. Oh, that's the end of our show.
2: Huh. huh. Blog
4: Talk Bitch is telling me it's over. Okay, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 381. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and sorry I did not get to introduce the show. Mr. Charles Cliff took over for me there. I was running a little late and then had blog talk issues, as I normally do with this goddamn stupid, ugly program. I've been told there's better ones out there. In fact, I've been told that blog talk is not uh, uh, fixing any of the problems in their program because they're actually going to shut it down because they have another blog talk or another podcasting program that's working better or they bought them or something. I don't know what it is. Anyhow, uh, enough of that bullshit. Football's coming up this weekend, starts tomorrow night. Thursday night football. Yay, go team. Uh, I hate Thursday games. that uh, we're gonna have some band play. Who knows who it is?
2: Uh, Charles, say goodnight. Good night folks. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this weekend's games. We'll talk to you at the end of the weekend. And Phil. <laughs> Phil,
4: He doesn't he doesn't sign off. He just doesn't want to he say goodbye. Good night everyone.
3: No, uh, enjoy yeah. watching the CFL on ESPN on TSN all weekend
1: long.
4: And thank you for not hanging up. Will, say good night.
1: Good night everybody. Enjoy the games this weekend and
0: go out. Go out.